Hey guys, Father Brad here. Just a little announcement update. Um, in a, as I'm recording this, in a couple days, I'll be going into the Grand Canyon with good friends of mine, Adam and Teresa, and their families. And we're going to go paddle 180 miles of the Grand Canyon, of the Colorado River. And that means I'm not going to be next to a computer and I can't record and this and that. So I'm trying to do my best to upload um, content, um, this homily, maybe a quizzical papist episode, and then, and then a, a, an old coffee talk episode that I really love because I love Jurassic Park. And that's in the next three weeks. Um, so that's what's going to be coming out. And if you, if you feel like it's a little different, um, it's because of that. But I will catch y'all on the other side of the Grand Canyon with all the stories and hopefully regenerated, rejuvenated. Yeah. Peace. Every October, the sides are made, a line is drawn. You're either on one team or the other. You're either a person who likes scary movies or you're someone who doesn't, or haunted houses, or anything scary. This past Halloween, one of my friends said something uh, pretty drastic when a group, of, a group of us were hanging out. He said, I can make a strong case that scary movies are intrinsically evil and we shouldn't watch them. His point was that if scary movies' intention is to disturb, not merely to scare, then that's not of God. My counter-argument, because I happen to like a scary movie or two every Halloween, my counter-argument was that certain scary movies, certain horror movies, especially the greats, I'm thinking of Hitchcock and, and the others, were not merely intended to disturb or to scare, but rather to clearly show the distortedness of evil and sin, and that in the end, good conquers over evil. Now, the argument was never reconciled, and the debate will surely pop back up next year. But I do think my friend was right about one thing. Fear, for fear's sake, is not of God. Fear, in the end, is not what God desires for us. While there's a certain level of natural and understandable fear regarding circumstances we might be in, our own abilities, if we let that fear rule us and decide our future, decide our relationships, we will continue to be anxious and we will run. We'll run away. That's why a lot of people are running in scary movies. That's what you do when you're scared. Now, most of the time, we fear two things. Number one is we fear failure. We fear not succeeding. I've been recently getting into golf, um, so me and my dad could have something in common to do, and it's been really great. Um, But... One of his friends pointed out to me, because we get to a hard hole and something called a forced carry, which means you have to hit it over this body of water. And I would, I would, I would be afraid. <laughs> I'd be afraid because I know it's po- probably going to happen. And so I would take my really expensive ball and I'd put it in the bag and I'd get like the, the cheap ball I found in the woods, like two holes before, and I'd put it on the tee. My dad's friend said, 
You know what I call that? I call that a, a prenuptial shot. I was like, what? Prenuptial shot? That's weird. He's like, you're already preparing to hit it in the water. By you sticking your hand in the bag, you're telling yourself, you're focusing on the water and you're not focusing on the flag. See, your fear is deciding what happens before you ever swing the club. That affected me. So now I just lose the really expensive balls. No, <laughs> no. But that could tell us something, right? It tells us something about life. It's another reason why I love golf. We cannot allow our fears to rule us and change how we go about our life, or else we'll always be running. Another thing we fear, the second thing, is we fear that when we fail, we will be reprimanded. We will be scolded. We will be judged harshly. Ultimately, this is what happened to the third servant in Jesus' parable. I'll read it again. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. This kind of calls to mind Adam and Eve in Genesis who ran away and hid themselves after they sinned. See, sin had distorted their understanding of God. Instead of a creator who loved them and desired their fulfillment, they saw God as a tyrant who was going to destroy them. Their sin made God look like that. Notice it was not God who turned his back on Adam and Eve. It was Adam and Eve who turned their back on God and ran. He was calling out their name. He desired to bring them back into communion. They ran out of fear. Fear caused them to shun their most important relationships. Sin drove a wedge between them, Adam and Eve, between each other, as the the serpent uh, would say, but also between them and God. We were not made for fear. We were not made for darkness. For all of you are children of the light and children of the day. We were not of the night or of darkness, Paul says in our second reading today. And this is why when we were kids, why are we afraid of the dark? Because we don't know what is out there, what awaits us, and it scares us. When we are in the state of grace and in communion with the Lord, we know exactly what's in front of us. Everything is clear. Everything is in focus. We know where to go and what to do. We know who we are and whose we are. I'll end with a part of scripture that I believe wraps all of this up. It's from the Apostle John's first letter. Remember, John is the beloved disciple. His greatest virtue is love. He was there. He was the one who didn't run away. All the others fled in fear. And John was the only one who stayed with Our Lady at the foot of the cross. He was the youngest, and yet he was not afraid. He says this in his first letter. 
God is love. And whoever remains in love remains in God, and God in him. And this is love brought to perfection among us, that we have confidence on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. So one who fears is not yet perfect in love. We love because he first loved us.